This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? guys small little bonus content for you now this is actually a little project that moral bob and i from the hidden and plain sight podcast put together towards the tail end of last year this is called movie minds where we initially got together and planned on having an entire series where we broke down hidden symbolism within films but it quickly evolved into being a bigger project called conspiracy theater 3000 which andy rouse ended up jumping on board with now these are never actually put out on my own feed and I've been really slack and only just getting around to it now. So for a lot of the new listeners, you may not have actually heard these, which will be a bit of a surprise for you. For people who have listened to it, just go back and listen to it again. It's a quality episode. Anyway, we started it off with The Truman Show, which is by far one of the best movies to find hidden symbols in. Jim Carrey, what can you say? He's one crazy cat. Let me know what you guys think of this one. Uh, I'll be popping these out over the next couple of weeks. Bonus episode each week for you. We end up doing four Jim Carrey films in total. So, yeah, a lot in that one actor. So much. Why does that one guy seem to go to all these movies with hidden symbols? Interesting. Very thought-provoking. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoy and catch you next time. All right, everybody. Welcome to a brand new show. This is Movie Minds with me and yours truly, Drew Misson. From Missing the Point, we are going to be reviewing movies and breaking them down with the symbolism, and we're starting off with one that everybody knows and kind of applies to the world that we live in today. It's a little cliche, but it's it's the best one to start off with because it's so cliche, and it's, uh, it's the Truman Show. So, Drew... Say hi to everybody, and let's start breaking down this movie because it's going to be a blast. G'day, everybody. Uh, Drew Misson here from You're Missing the Point podcast. Uh, I reached out to Bob a little while ago mm-hmm. to see if we can get a bit of a show going, and here we are. So, yeah, like you said, Bob, the Truman Show is one of those cliche shows that everyone thinks about but doesn't really think deeply about. So much to the point that this was a show that we actually watched in media in high school and and pulled apart, but it was very surface level and really wasn't picking up on the things that you could actually see that's in the film. Yeah. Like I knew that it was kind of touching on some real stuff when I first saw it years and years and years ago, whenever it came out, I forget what year it came out, but, um, but like, I I thought it was just kind of surface level, like fabricated stuff. Oh, they're telling us that they fake stuff and you know, whatever. And this is kind of what if all of reality was faked. Little did I know at the time when I saw it originally that liter- 
literally everything is fake. (laughs) (laughs) It's all horseshit. It's all created. Um, And we definitely live in a very Truman Show-esque reality. Uh, 100%. Once you peer through the veil, you can't unsay things, can you? Man, you can't. And, And it's just like this movie. Once he realizes it, his whole world crumbles. And, you know, he he does exactly what everybody does once they realize everything is nonsense. They try to get away from it. Like he just like, I want out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And and you you identify more with the character now that we know what we know now compared to what we did when we first saw it. Right. So um, so if we want to start at the beginning of this movie. Absolutely. uh, Um, I've actually taken show notes. I sat down with the wife yesterday and just literally scene by scene was typing a few things down. Didn't go overboard, but just the things that stood out. Sure. Uh, even the title, if you like, you go into that gematria or breaking down the meaning of words. This could just be me saying this, but Truman, true man, it almost emphasizes the duality of him being the only true person in his world. He's his true self, while at the same time discovering the reality of who he truly is. I, I think that's quite brilliant, actually. I hadn't I didn't think about that until you just said it. And like, yes, because word magic is a thing. They put this stuff in the words everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's his true world. And until he breaks it, breaks all of it. And then he he wants to get out to the true world. So I, I think that is why that's that's definitely why they named him Truman. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, it's the names throughout the whole film. You look at, I really broke down the names of the characters and even some of the signage in it. But the first person you see speak within the film is the their director, Christoph. And the base name for Christoph means Messiah. In Hebrew, it just means, it means God. So he's literally God within the context of this film. God or Satan right. depends on which way you look at it. Yeah, with the inversion of everything, I am, uh, as far as the biblical narrative goes, I'm, I'm fairly Gnostic on that front. No, I'm I'm not like a Gnostic, like I apply it across the board, but as far as biblical narrative, I'm for sure Gnostic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I got, I, you know, and now I'm mad at myself for not picking up on that stuff um, when I watched it last. Cause unfortunately I didn't watch it recently. I watched it about two months ago and then we started talking about doing this and I was like, we both were like, we have to start with Truman show, right? Like it's the most obvious, yeah, it's the most obvious thing to start with. Um, so, uh, so what else, what else do you have? I know what I want to, I want to say, but I, before I say the first thing that I think is really big, keep going with this, um, yeah, sure. word name breakdown. Uh, his his men, his mate, and his his best friend. He's talking to the camera. It's almost like the preview to what the Truman Show would be. And his friend says something. I'm going to quote it. It's all true. It's all real. Nothing here is fake. It's merely controlled. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That hit big time for me. When you look at the world that we're in today, yeah, it's merely <laughs> controlled. Controlled. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, in, in the smallest group of hands, you know, and, and this shows, um, you know, because there are only a handful of really key characters in this movie. Everybody else is basically what we could refer to as like an NPC or an extra, you know, but there's a handful of people that really control everything that's going on. And I think that's also something very symbolic in this movie is that the power is contained within like six people. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> and six, six key people. Um, 
there's the outside people that are controlling the narrative, but then there's those closest to him that are also um, really guiding and impacting his life and where he goes within his, like his hero's journey almost. Right. Yeah. So you've got like his best friend is like the main person that kind of keeps him in track, like, like, and he's constantly telling him, man, I'm your best friend. Like I'm, I'm right here for you. And it's, it, it, little does he know this dude isn't his best friend like i think that's the that could be the biggest betrayal in the movie oh yeah absolutely this um, dude you know is in there pretending to be his best friend and truman thinks this is his best friend and then when he realizes it's all fake he has nobody to turn to and, and definitely and more so than even his wife in it i've got his wife's names here bear with me all right so his wife almost plays that role of like the gorgeous seductress. Every time he starts to notice things or wants to branch out and leave the world, she's always luring him back in with either sex, fear, or money. Uh, it even breaks down that she talks about, what are we going to do about our financial responsibilities? We can't leave. We've got a mortgage. We've got things to pay for. We've got a car. We can't abandon our priorities. Yeah. It's That's the, locked it, into the system. That's well, the system locked and, in. And, yep. Because we live in that debt trap every day, you know, we are in the, that debt trap, which is a bubble inside of a bubble, you know, our world is controlled, but then even if, you know, we, we shrink it down to, you know, our personal bubble, we're, we're tied in with mortgage and, you know, supplying for your family and doing what you're supposed to be doing as your cog in the wheel, you know? And and his wife uses that like we can't nope because he's constantly want like he wants to go away to a tropical paradise. He keeps seeing this poster and where is it? It's a uh, it's like Bali. It's Fiji. Fiji 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 yeah. So he wants to go to Fiji and it, to him like that's the farthest place you can go. You know like it's this far away tropical land and he has this this internal drive to go there even though his world is all controlled he has this internal thing that is telling him that he needs to go so i think even subconsciously i think subconsciously he realizes that his world is controlled he has that gut feeling that he needs to escape and he doesn't know why he just needs to go there did you love the idea that when he's explaining to his best friend his mate of where fiji is he grabs a golf ball and uses the globe model Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. At the start of the whole film, his idea and everything is presented as a globe and it slowly changes over time throughout the film. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's there's so, there's so much in this movie. Like you can almost make your head hurt with how much <laughs> is in it when you really start looking. You know, a lot of stuff people breeze past. Like, you know, he's walking along and a light falls out of the sky and the light is serious. Yeah, that's exactly my next note. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah, like, Sirius falls from the sky. Sirius falls from the sky. <laughs> like, so, so they they are they are doing two things in that in that scene. They're showing him that what is being presented is fake, but they're also telling the audience, us, the observer, that stars are just lights in the sky. That's it. Yeah, that's all they yeah. are. That their lights in the, the little hole pricks in the firmament, or if you're to even go down, like I'm not a deeply Christian person myself by any means, but just deep diving and learning about it. Could that be a representation, no matter how small it is, of the fallen ones? Right. That they that fake too. name stars, they fell to earth. Yep. And Which I he's the man that found it. Yeah. 
you know, and and I mean, I I'm not I'm not what you would call Christian either, but I do like the texts that are presented to us because I think there's a lot to chew on in all of them. And, you know, the Bible is one that is a very prominent text that we need to take from, you know, and I think, you know, and I've, I've said this a number of times. So people listening have probably heard me say it. Angels, gods, devils, Satan. These are all words for things we just don't understand. So the fallen ones is also just a word for something we don't understand. Um, you know, did they fall from the grace of an actual benevolent God? Maybe, you know, were they just descendant or, or uh, dissidents from an alien culture? Possibly, um, you know, this it's world that we're, we're in has definitely been created. So, you know, take that for what you will. I think the Bible is also a created text, but it was created for a reason. You know, my wife grew up in um, a very religious family and she's like, well, what do you think about all of the stuff, all of the prophecies being fulfilled? And I said, if I tell you that something's going to happen tomorrow and then I do that thing. I didn't, I didn't prophesize the future. I created it. Like I made it. Like if I tell you, you're going to eat chocolate cake tomorrow, and then I bake a chocolate cake and I give it to you, a prophecy hasn't been fulfilled. <laughs> like I just literally fabricated the future by writing it down or telling you first. <laughs> like, so I think that should be taken with a grain of salt when people are like, we're living in the end of times. And it's like, <laughs> Like, no, no, they just told us what they were going to do and nobody listened. <laughs> like, that's all. <laughs> that's all it is. Um, and so there's this, this. And so to apply that to this movie, like we can look around and everything's been fabricated, even our history, you know, so all of history that that Truman knows is as far as his world goes, it's fake. That's it. And we don't get to say what happens to Truman post film like he could walk out right. into the world and it could be completely different from what he's lived under and the history he's been told you even look right. at the scene of it's very 1950s americana yeah the who clothing, knows what the way they interact right it could and be it, if you've seen 20, the movie 20. right exactly that's where <laughs> i'm going so if you've seen the movie the m night shamalama ding dong movie uh the village right village. where it's this you know, old culture from who knows, 1700s or so, where they live in this small village and there's a beast in the woods and they can't escape their village. And then somebody gets out and realizes it's whatever, 2012 or whenever that movie came out. Um, it, he could have walked out that door and walked into some hyper advanced society or who knows, because it's a movie. So who, who really knows what world existed outside of his bubble? Yeah. So, and yeah, it's almost like expecting he steps out and there's flying cars getting around. Right. <laughs> and he's been living in the equivalent of the Stone Age the whole time. Mm -hmm. Even in the, sorry to go back, at the very start, it talks about how Christoph discusses how he's the first ever person owned by a corporation. And that put a few alarm bells through with me when talking about the current state of the world with certain beat boops that people are getting. If it's of a certain letter combination, you are then a genetically modified organism and owned by said company, which developed it. Yep. So I don't that, that was probably splitting hairs and looking too deeply, but that just popped up for me. Well, I don't know. Like here in America, that makes sense 
because in like 1879, they have what's called the second constitution. And the constitution was rewritten written in after the original constitution. And it made America a corporation. The exact now, same thing happened within Australia. Right. So now through your birth certificate and social security card here in America, it makes you property of the corporation. We are property to our governments. That's not only factually correct, but that's definitely how they treat us. Well, even if you're looking at it, a normie mindset, everyone has a tax file number. So you're tax cows. You're just tax farming humans as a government to try and build money for the for the good of society. But really, if you look deep, I think it's a lot more sinister than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I have people ask me all the time, well, why would they do that? Why would they lie? Why would they whatever? And I'm like, does it need to go deeper than profit? <laughs> Does it need to go deeper than money and power? I mean, I can go deeper than that, but do we need to go deeper? Like, that's all we need to say to realize that this is all horseshit. You know, it's all about money and power. Now, you know, I think people like Nancy Pelosi and, you know, all of these big time, you know, elites that control the world, George Soros and Klaus Schwab. I think these people could be like 900 years old. (laughs) I think they could be (laughs) old as shit. And they're just trying to figure things out or trying to live forever because I've started to believe in reincarnation, right? And this is a slight tangent away from the movie review, but it kind of just brings into the whole fabricated world idea. Um, But I think some of these people could be really old. And I think once you die, your memory gets reset and then you get put into another body. So it's a combination we have. That's why we have lingering memories that we may not realize where they come from. Um, I've interviewed a guy named Ron Weed that like remembers his entry into the body he's in now. Um, so there is and there, he's not the only one with that story. There are people with that kind of memory and that kind of story. So I think the people that control this world have gone, well, instead of trying to get to you know, enlightenment and move to the next dimension that takes lifetimes to do. How about we just live forever and control this world? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's either like what you just said, or are they avoiding some kind of judgment? If you do go into a system where you are reincarnated and you're given another chance at this plane, or you have to, maybe you haven't sorted things out in life. Do they not want to lose finances and the power that they've built up in that single lifetime? Or are they afraid of judgment and being held accountable for the atrocities that they've committed to the world? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, too, is that they're they're trying to avoid judgment because they've done some horrendous shit. <laughs> like, and, and, and to bring that into the movie, the Kristoff that runs everything, that dude has done some terrible shit. I mean, that dude is like, like, if you just think of what kind of mental fuck that Truman is going through, through this movie where he realizes literally everything has been fake his entire life since birth. Like, like Christoph even goes, he goes to the point of, he implements some plants fear into Truman's life. He gives him a fear of dogs and you see the flashbacks of where he has a, I think it was a St. Bernard or a, uh, uh, a German shepherd or something on those lines to really read up and feral and barking at him to put the fear of dogs into him. And then you see the fear of the dog later on, which is named Pluto. Yeah. Of all yeah. goddamn names. Well, and the biggest fear they put in him is 
when his dad dies. Yeah, it develops so, a fear of water. Yeah, so that traps him in. You know, like they put this massive fear in him watching his dad die while sailing so that he he is completely trapped on this supposed island because he can't get out because he doesn't want to jump on a boat. He doesn't want to like he's like, uh, uh-uh, my dad died out there. And, and then they even shut. And then they see that he sees his dad. Yeah, that's the um, how his best friend ends up bringing him this miracle. And he for a short period of time regresses back to being this is my world. And this is everything I know because he's been given a miracle in front of him. But before we jump into that, when you're talking about the fears that are implanted, it also shows up later on as he's growing up. They show that that town is the happiest place on earth and that when yeah. he goes to the, he goes to fly away to Fiji and he's sitting down to get a ticket, there's always signs up there. This could be you and there's a lightning bolt going through the plane. And I instantly thought of what's the one place you can't actively visit on earth and is pegged to us as the most barren, desolate wasteland that you'll die if you step off on Antarctica. Yep. Yep. And apparently the seas are really treacherous on the way. You <laughs> and you know, can't fly over it, even if it's the most direct route. Because yeah, it's you too know, cold. The, the plane will freeze up and like. And you can't interrupt those penguins because, you know, the green climate agenda, those poor penguins might get scared. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a big deal in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, God, it's just so like there's so much in this movie. There's so much in this movie. When when I first watched it again, um, once I had realized everything was nonsense, because once I kind of woke up to everything, once I became a true earther and, you know, really kind of saw the world for what it is, my first, my gut instinct was I have to watch the Truman Show. Like, I've, I've got to rewatch this movie because I think they were telling us a lot in this movie. And so I rewatched it and I'm just sitting there just like the whole time, just like, holy shit. Like, oh, my God. Nobody realizes that this movie is basically a story of humanity. That's what it is. Absolutely. we We are birthed into this completely fabricated system and everything is a fear control. Everything is a fear control. Everything controlling Truman and keeping him where he is is all fear-based all of it and so like the fact that they're constantly pumping with him with fear as the main control mechanism is so telling of the world we live in yeah predominantly fear but then sex and money through his wife (laughs) right and his wife whose name actually means so she's meryl and her name means sea of bitterness that doesn't foreshadow a lovely relationship, does it? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> sea of bitterness. Um, well, yeah, and, but still, what she does is still very peripheral. Like it's it's not the strongest force. It's not what no. Like he keeps wanting to leave, regardless of what she says. But it's the fear that that is really what what really affects him the most. And what he ends up having to push past is the fear. Um, and, and man, do they do it. So what do you, what do you have next on your notes? Uh, so let's go. Um, this is just a noticing. I'm sure that it was just cinem- cinematic photography and using it to tell the story. But at the whole point where he's 
trapped within his world and he hasn't opened up to anything just yet. Everything's shot with almost like a fisheye lens that has that circular peripheral around it where the world, we're watching him. And as soon as he starts to wake up and become aware of his reality, it goes to a full screen shot and the colour brightens up. Yes. And post his friend showing up with his father, it goes back to that shot, that fisheye lens almost look again for the shortest period before he wakes up again. Yeah. And they, and, and that's, that is also telling because what is that, that they go to? It's, it's a, it's a circle. It's a glow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's showing us that we are trapped in this, you know, sphere of control. And then when he wakes up, it goes open and it widens and it's all just almost infinite, right? Because it's just open. And so, absolutely. (laughs) So that is also (laughs) very telling of the world that we're in. And one thing that I want to bring up, I don't know if you have notes on it, is the control room. The control room is the moon. (laughs) Yeah, it's the the lunar control room. And it's also transparent. (laughs) You can see through it. Like there's just uh, so much in this movie. It's insane. Mm, like I, I uh, love it so much, but at the same time, I'm so mad that I didn't watch this movie and realize what it actually was the first like five times I watched it. You know, like and, and it's so hard for people to notice this stuff. But I was I was talking listeners might not know, but I was talking to Bob a little while ago. You may not know listeners out there, but I'm a teacher, and it was just a lovely day. It was bright blue sky, and the sun and the moon was out. And a student looks up at the moon and goes, geez, there's a lot of holes in the moon. I've gone, are there holes in the moon? He goes, well, yeah, I can see right through it. It's the same colour as the sky around. I've gone, yeah, that's something to think about, isn't it? So kids are picking up on this, man. This is great. That's a good thing about what's and it's, I think it's happening in our field yeah, today. And the fact that you're their teacher, man, is, is awesome. Because we need teachers like that, that, you know, regardless of what you think, what you believe, to any teacher that's out there, um, just foster the questioning of things. When, when kids say something like you could see right through it, just be like, all right, well keep going. What do you think that means? Like go deeper, go past that. What's the next step. If you think the moon is transparent, what's the next step? Yeah, where could you find the answers to that? If you need yeah. to. Yeah. Keep going, you know, cause I was just outside cause I was, I was late to the show cause I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> But I was working on my truck and I, I called I called my son and my wife out and I said, look at the sun. Do you do you see the sun? And my son, I've, I've gotten my son to be able to focus because, you know, the sun's really bright. Right. And most people are like, I don't want to look at the sun. I don't want to go blind. But I've, I've taught that out of my my oldest son. I'm like, dude, you can look at it. Once you look at it for a few minutes, it goes it it dims which is weird, it dims when you stare at it for a while. And then you can see it clearly and th- see the things around it. And I told him, I said, look at the sun right now. I said, look, it's in front of those clouds. And he looked at it and was like, oh, shit, it is in front of those clouds. And I was like, yeah, it is in front no of those source. clouds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's in front of them clearly, because when you stare at the sun, I don't know if anybody out there stares at the sun as much as I do. Um, but when it goes behind clouds, you can see it. Now it'll make those clouds, you know, when it's just a wispy cloud, you can see it in front of the sun just a little bit. It's almost like a tiny little shadow in front of the sun. So, you know, when it's in front or behind clouds just by looking at it and if you focus 
and you you train your eye, you can start seeing things. And I just looked at it was like, holy crap, it is just right in front of that cloud. It's in front of that cloud. Um, and, you know, people don't observe enough their reality, much like Truman Show. He just and it was it was kind of when Sirius fell. That's when he's kind of started looking around. He was like, wait that, a minute. Yeah, that was like, his main trigger point. That was that his fell. main trigger point. So you never know what your trigger point is going to be that is going to wake you up and start observing things a little more closely. And I think most people don't, you know, because the Kristoff is getting interviewed and they're like, why do you think that he just believes what you tell him? And he says, he says, uh, oh, God, what's the line? He says something like, well, people are easy, like for lack of a better term he basically says people are easily fooled they just don't pay attention that much oh, it says my internet connection is unstable clearly oh. we're talking about a little oh. too close to the truth there bob yep uh, here, every time every time <laughs> every single time, <laughs> single time without yeah. fail yeah <laughs> but i don't that know if you heard me but, but yeah like um i don't know if you wrote it down but uh christoph is interviewing is being interviewed and they ask him, why does Truman just believe? Like, why do you think he just believes what you've told him? And there's a line that Christoph gives. Do you I've have it, it written? Yeah, I've I was going to say, okay. Let me find it. Uh, bear with me, I'll find it. Yeah, it's a, God. Oh, no, it's a good one. There's, there's another one here. such a good line. Uh, it, when he was questioned about, um, so his, his outside love interest, the woman that truly loved him in the film, she calls up to the, to the station and, and starts grilling him about he's a slave and you have to let him go. And he's, you have to let him leave. He wants to leave. And Christoph replies, if he was absolutely determined to discover the truth, there is no way we could ever deter him. <laughs> Which I think, it's, I think that's a brilliant line too, because once you are turned on to the truth, nothing will stop you. You don't care what people think anymore. You don't care you know, about anything. I mean, I've lost relationships because of my journey to the truth and I just leave them in the dust. I'm just like, all right, if you're, if you're not on board or you're going to judge me or think of me differently because of my journey, you can fuck right off. You are no longer part of it. <laughs> Here we go. And the quote you're talking about was we accept the reality of the world with what we are presented. That's it. <laughs> so what's laid out before us is what we'll eat up. Yep. You know, people are so easily fooled. And that's basically what he's telling him. He's like, well, we can trick him real easy. All we got to do is put it put it in front of him and he's going to believe it. Um, and that is the world we live in. Everybody believes this, you know, and, and what's crazy about our world is that it seems to be in even easier to people in our realm because it <laughs> people believe the most nonsensical stuff. And and contradictory stuff, you know, which is double think where you hold two contradictory thoughts at the same time and believe them both to be true. Like there's so much double think that goes on. It's insane. And it's intended science. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I get hit, you know, as I'm sure you do. I, I don't know if you get hit as hard as I do with some of these, some of these shills, but you know, I get hit all the time with, oh, you just don't understand physics and science and basic math. And I'm like, actually, man, I know them a lot better than you do. Like, like it, it, it's insane that you think you're the one that understands these things. Like, 
while doing yeah. no experimentation at all. Like you're not engaging in science. You're engaging in a belief system. That's what you're engaging in. And you're probably I'm, getting it from some guy that lives in Portland with purple hair that works at a Walgreens. Probably. Because he knows about, he knows about physics. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of the people that hit me on, on Instagram are just paid shills. Like these people are clearly making money. They have nothing to do in the middle of the day, but troll flat earth accounts, you know? And it's just like, you have to be making money doing this because I'm presenting you with things that should make any rational, logical, sane person go, wait a minute. And then you're just doubling down with, I don't think you understand how, how big the earth is. It's almost like they're the NPCs from, uh, from his world, isn't it? They um, they are. They're, they're a bit more. They're yeah. a bit more aggressive in our world. They're not loving and kind like in Truman's, but yeah, they soon yeah. turn against him when he starts. Uh, his the veil is lifted and he starts to understand what's going on. Oh, the, the next the scene where he goes missing, and they're all and, in lockstep marching, and the dog, and it's barking, and they're all yes. going for him. Not at all. Yes. Like the entire world <sighs> stops what they're doing, and they all search for Truman. What happens when you find him? And like, even if he hadn't like broken the world, had, had he gotten hurt and got stuck somewhere, what do you think is going to happen if you come across him and he had just gotten stuck somewhere and he realizes the entire world is <laughs> looking for him? <laughs> They're just nice people, Bob. Come on, this is great. And then, and then there's another thing that he notices that he brings to, I think, his wife's attention, right? Where he's like, wait, wait, just wait. The same thing's going to happen. And he notices that they're on a loop. And yeah, it's like girl a with car, flowers. Girl yeah, with flowers. Girl with flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he starts, once he starts noticing, he's like trying to notice it and then bring other people in. Like, am I crazy? Am I no, like, like, what is this? Which is what we do. We go to the people that are closest to us and we go, look what we found. Look what we figured out. Look, we'll time it. Okay. A car is going to go by. Then a girl with a flower, like girl with flowers, <laughs> then a guy with a dog. Like this is how it's going to happen. And then it does it. And it, I think it's his wife. His wife is like, nah, like, nah, you're not saying it. Yeah. I think we we'll see it the- in our own reality though. It's may not be controlled in some aspects, but we see it in our daily lives. People are, creatures of habit and i'll see it at work and a staff member will come in they'll make their coffee they'll go to their pigeonhole for notes they'll put their notes down they'll open their laptop they'll close the laptop the bell will go they'll go to the classroom and it's on repeat every day no deviation from what they normally do and you that's definitely evident in that scene with the car the bicycle the girl roses yeah it's on a loop we're on a loop and we're intended to be on this loop you know and in public school you know you know, schools, there's been studies that have been done and schools spend something like 80% of their time just moving kids around. 80% of the time is just shuffling kids in. I think it was an elementary like school. I think it was like grade yeah, that makes elementary sense. school, um, not like a high yeah. school, because high school, you go to a class for an hour, bell rings, you're in the halls for like five, 10 minutes, you move to the next class and then you're in there for like an hour. Um, but in elementary school, it was an elementary school study, I believe. And they, it said that 80% of the time was spent just moving children around because kids at that age can't sit still very long. They need to be moved no, they're around not built for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, and then, so then you have to put in all of these distractions, which 
Truman is constantly being bombarded with these distractions and know, obstacles. That is when well. he start to when he starts to narrow down trying to find things out. The things that just keep popping up in his way. He's he sees his father for the first time, and he's chasing. He goes to talk to his father, and men just grab him and they shuffle him off. And as he tries to pursue his father, out of nowhere, there's like a running group, and they've all got the numbers on, and they're trying to get in his way, and that he's thrown on the bus, and yeah. Yeah, Every single thing that thing. He possibly can pops up in his way. Yeah. 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 It's it's the and and we constantly have obstacles like, I don't know, Internet issues when we're mm-hmm. talking about things that we're not yeah. supposed to be talking about, <laughs> which happens to any podcaster out there will know that when you start getting deep on things, all of a sudden you start glitching out, you know, but apparently in, you know, 1969, the president could talk to somebody on the moon on a landline and now (laughs) nasa can move a rover around mars they have a remote controlled car on mars but we can't get a steady signal no of course not bob come on (laughs) well you know technically australia doesn't exist according to some conspiracy theorists so no wonder we have a hard signal at the moment (laughs) (laughs) Right. right uh well i mean i don't know about you but i don't trust any map that we've been given so oh god no so i i don't trust i don't know australia is a piece of land that people are on what it looks like i have no idea where it is no idea <laughs> like oh, actually, i actually i had that the typical, had that revelation yeah the typical flat earth map might not be very accurate all we're doing no. is flattening out the globe and stretching it out you know we're basically just unfolding the globe and that may be wildly inaccurate I had that thought when I flew to the States back when I was 21, there was a 17 hour flight to get from Melbourne to LA. And I just popped in my head and thinking then, how the hell do I know I'm actually crossing over an ocean landing in another country? What's to say I'm not on just one giant landmass and I'm doing circles and then landing somewhere else I've never driven to or been allowed to get to. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I know there's oceans out there. I've been to the oceans. How big are they? Yeah. I don't know. And on airplanes, the thing about airplanes, a lot of the Globers don't understand. And, and I even had this this uh, argument presented to me recently is uh, we apparently there's a lot of people that believe that we only feel acceleration. But on an airplane, that is easily disproven because even the slightest of tilt of the wings you feel like the the, the airplane can tilt one degree. You're going to feel it as soon as it tilts. As soon as it tilts, they tip the wings in either direction. You no longer feel stable. You feel the whole thing move. Um, so that's the only thing, excuse me, that I would say about airplane flight is that, you know, if you were flying in circles, you would know it. So that's why most airplane flights, once you get up in the air, it's straight. You're not moving. You're not correcting for east to west because on a globe, you would have to be correcting to the north almost constantly like as fast as they fly you'd you'd be having to turn because if you go just dead east just if you go up and like all right we're going east and we just go in a straight line well you're gonna miss your you know your point it's gonna have to be curved um so that and you're gonna have to constantly tilt your nose down so you're gonna feel that also 
Yeah, to, to allow for it because if you're going dead straight, you end up in space. Yeah, you just end you're up in go space. Line. Yeah, you'd end up in or space if you went in. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, so you would feel the tilt. So I don't like. I don't know what the world is, but you know, apparently there's something where you're flying over, and you can look down and you see either land or water. You know, if you flew to America, then you you looked out the window at some point in time and saw just ocean, right? Um, Unless for some reason you're above clouds and then you have no idea what's down there, um, which I think they may do that intentionally too, is they just create cloud cover for flights. So people don't, that could be one of the main reasons that cloud cover exists, because if you do believe in some of the biblical narrative stuff, you know, there wasn't rain or clouds or anything like that pre-flood. And so maybe clouds are, are unnatural. Maybe they're not real. Like, Maybe all clouds are created just to mask air flight. Maybe before we were able to fly around in airplanes or, you know, ever since the last reset, you know, we, they, they just put clouds there so they can mask what's under them. You know, they just go, well, we got to fly at this height and we're going to go and there's going to be a bunch of clouds. So you can't see what's below you. And every now and again, you can peek down and go, oh, hey, look, that's, that's that. You know, and they'll be like, oh, you'll, we're passing by Las Vegas or whatever. And so they'll clear everything so you can see Vegas. So that confirms that you're where you're, you are. But, you know, who freaking knows? Our entire world has been created just like Truman's. I mean, it's all fabricated. And we're trying to get we want to get past at this realm and get out that, you know, that door at the end. But they won't let us because they're doing what they did to Truman. You know, if you try to go, you're going to meet treacherous seas, cold temperatures. You know, you're going to meet this insane stuff. And if all else fails, they'll send the military after you in our enclosed fake world. They will straight up kill you, (laughs) (laughs) which they try to do with Truman. You know, they try to kill him and they think they did at one point in time. You know, they think he's dead and they're just like, oh, shit. And they just put up the musical score. Let's make it sadder. He's dead. Profit margins. Yeah. And they, you just said about the, and they control the weather. They immediately clear it up. The skies part, the the seas calm. (laughs) It's It's God complex, isn't it? It's so crazy. It's so crazy how parallel it is. This film, it's just so impossible not to talk about the shape of the earth or the plane we live in, whatever it is, because you look at as the lunar. Uh, control center, which we talked about earlier. We need to talk about the actual shape of the set. It's a goddamn dome. It's a fucking dome. And you look at it from, they've got like their their little version, the model inside the, the lunar model, and it's a clear firmament dome over the top of it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so crazy. You know, and I saw a meme the other day that I thought was hilarious. And it said, you know, it said the irony of a planetarium is they're all flat and you look at the stars in a dome. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shit. it's true all planetariums the freaking planetarium part is a dome over you with the stars and planets in the dome (laughs) oh my god they tell us everything right there they put it 
you know, right in front of us, which they don't do with Truman. That's the one thing that they don't do with Truman is they don't give him the reality. He it's his reality literally starts falling apart when Sirius starts when Sirius falls. So it's not that they put the truth in front of him. You know, his world is completely fabricated, which applies to the NPCs in our world. You know, and he's it's purely reactionary. He can't control. He's going through a, a roller coaster of emotions and understanding of his reality. It's. And even the second part that, so we had serious fall from the sky. The next big wake up call for him is when he's driving to work and the radio signal in his car starts twitching and glitching out. And he can start hearing all the people saying, oh, he's turning down route six and he's turning yes. onto Session Street. And he's oh, like, what the hell is that. going on? Yeah. And he realizes that they're talking about him when he sees yeah. where he's driving. Where is he going? Like, he's like, oh, like, you can see it. He's like, oh shit, they're talking about me. <laughs> Like, and so he starts looking around and he starts like making movements to see if it changes with what they say. And then it glitches back to the radio. I think they. And then he starts, he starts to look at everyone around him as well. And he's looking, he's watching them. And all of a sudden their movements almost become more robotic or scripted or on a loop, like you said. And he notices it to the point where he's focused on other people. He almost gets hit by a bus. So he puts his hand out to stop it. And he almost starts to toy with his reality of what he can control. And he just starts randomly stopping traffic and then everyone stops because they can't hurt Truman. Right. He almost has that God complex himself. He's like, I can control my reality, which I think we all can in some ways. Which, which plays into another Jim Carrey movie, Bruce Almighty. Yes. You know, which, <laughs> <laughs> you know where he plays God, which I think is, I, I, I don't think the two are, which we may, we may end up having to do that movie too. Maybe we just do like a string. Of, <laughs> we do a string of Jim Carrey movies because. Well, you look at the I mask. Mean, he's Loki, the trickster God. Right. I was about to say the freaking mask. Like, Jim Carrey is a heck of a dude to look into some of his movies. I mean, me, myself and Irene about dual personalities, you know, so you know, that may be a trajectory that this show goes on as we focus on certain, <laughs> certain actors and actors. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think Jim Carrey is a bad place to start. I mean, some of the no, stuff, well, some of the stuff that's come out of that dude's mouth in interviews. I was going to say on the old seeing eye, he's throwing up signals everywhere. It's he's just one of those strange, strange actors that, you don't know whether he's on the up and up or he's just dropping things because they have to make it all everyone aware of what they're doing. It's a hard one to try and wrap your head around. But yeah, his movies right. are definitely yeah, is, have a theme, don't Is they? he controlled or has he figured it out? Is he know? the real life Truman? <laughs> right. Like, like has he figured it out? And he's just like, all right, cool. I figured out your fucking game, you know, which he might be because he says some stuff about like when you see reality, it makes you crazy. You know, like he, he has some insane quotes and interviews that just make you go, all right, what's up with this guy? And I think you're glitching. He's in any of his artwork. No, no. He's got some really twisted artwork. Like it's weird. Like get a chance, Google his artwork, whatever. It's some weird looking artwork, man. I'm going to do that as soon as we end the show. I'm going to have to check out Jim Carrey's (laughs) artwork now because I'm sure that's insane. I'm sure that's just craziness because that dude is like, he's he like where he is mentally is like a almost uh, modern day um, Ted Kaczynski possibly, you know, where 
he's 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 kind of crazy but the shit he says it's like is he crazy it's true <laughs> you know because if you look at ted kaczynski's manifesto and about the technocracy man read read ted's ted kaczynski's manifesto because holy <laughs> shit <wasn't> wrong <laughs> holy shit <laughs> and you know to to play devil's advocate they were not able to link him to any of the bombings it was all circumstantial so uh, did Ted Kaczynski set any of those bombs? There's no real evidence that he did. There's another organization called like the Freedom Cell or something that took credit for a lot of them. So, which a lot of people don't know. And from and from my knowledge of watching what happens in America, I, it's weird how a lot of these people seem to have contacts with the FBI or CIA. Yeah, no, no. I, it's, yeah, it's almost like Strange, they're. It? It's almost like it's created. It's almost like they're <laughs> making these things happen. <laughs> like, like, I mean, the school shooting, like the, I, I don't know if you've watched too much of this stuff going on in America, but um, the Uvalde uh, shooting, that's like an hour South of me. And as soon as I heard that it happened, I was like, false flag that was created just like the freaking Buffalo shooting. These are created events. And I've had people like, what the nah, hell did I wait at? The official story is the cops waited for an hour to before they did anything and they were arresting the parents on the outside. What the hell? 90 minutes. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. That's a good response time. Look at that. Whoa. 90 minutes. Well, Look they're out. told to stand down. They're told to stand down so that the CIA operative can finish his task. Like, and there's there's parents in the videos like, hey, let's just rush them. Nah, fuck this. Let's rush them. Let's go get our kids. And apparently one mother did exactly that and went and grabbed her two kids and bounced, possibly saved their lives, you know? And it's just, they're just standing oh, there. Mate, we, Why are you standing we, there? Clearly you guys have got a, had a lot more of these types of events, real well, or not real, whatever. But Port Arthur was the template in Australia for America. We're right. the testing grounds. Of course. You guys, because, we have to have a deep dive on that one day. Yeah, so, you know, uh, you know this, and, and Australia in America is sold to us constantly will australia solve the problem after one shooting and what i say to people is yeah well i think they did it wrong because you know they didn't solve violence and the trajectory stayed the same as far as violence it's not like there was this big dip like yeah you look at the trajectory of violence in australia and it was going like this in a downward trajectory and then they banned guns and actually violence actually spiked for a little bit and then came back down and continued on the same trajectory. Like it doesn't it, stop illegal firearms from entering. It the didn't market. do anything. Like, yeah. It didn't do nuts. anything. I mean, the Columbine shooting here in America happened during um, an assault rifle ban. Like, but they did it with shotguns, you know, proving. And then there was a Virginia, um, a Virginia state shooting that happened. And the dude had handguns yet. You know, when they start talking about the gun problem in America, they only talk about assault rifles. They don't talk about handguns, which is like 90 percent of the gun violence in this country. They talk about rifle and high capacity magazines, which are almost never used statistically. You know, there's more people in America by a large margin killed with hammers, <laughs> like over a thousand people a year are killed with hammers. Less than 300 people a year are killed with assault rifles. Yet nobody's nobody's trying to to ban assault rifles. So 
it's just that's a tangent that we can go down on a different podcast and which maybe we'll have to (laughs) maybe we'll have to do that kind of that comparison of of uh, Australia to America and and the things they've been able to do in Australia and what they can't do here that they're trying to do here because there is a gun culture here. But then again, I heard something recently that a lot of the fear porn that we got in America about Australia wasn't real. Like it, it wasn't aspects. happening. Now I know that Australia has states, right? Like we they have, butter, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and what I've told people is, I'm like, I think they chose like one or two states in Australia to really lock down, and then they just sold it to America as the entire country, just to make people fearful or start conspiracies or you know whatever tied into all the QAnon bullshit. Well, here's a great example, and before we go. Back to what we started the show off with. The recent Joe Rogan. It's so well, easy to go. Well, you're a, <laughs> you know, conspiracy theorist says we we get called. We are prone to tangents. So deal with oh, it, yeah. folks. That's it. Uh, so just quickly, it uh, shows how the media, both in America and Australia, are lying and absconding the truth. Recent uh, Joe Rogan podcast, they were talking about how a state in Australia is introducing an agricultural bill that will make it illegal for you to grow your own food. Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan said it was the state of New South Wales. So all our media in Australia jumps on board and goes, oh, this is the biggest lie. No such bill has been introduced into New South Wales. And then the American media catch on to it. Oh, Joe Rogan couldn't find it and he was lying. It is true. It's happening in my state of Victoria. They said the yeah, wrong state. Yeah, they just said the wrong the state. state. Yeah, and then they can then they can demonize the entire story, say that it's misinformation or, you know, whatever, missing context or whatever they're going to label it. And then a lot fact of people checkers. are like, yeah, the fact checkers are just like, no, that's not true. It's not true. Mm, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It's just not where they said. It's still true. You know, they're still trying to restrict people growing their own food, which is insane, which (laughs) is absolutely absolutely insane. Like, so, uh, okay. We won't go down that tangent. Let's stay, let's stay. Let's save that for the the Australia versus US conspiracies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Let me go back to my list before we keep going down rabbit holes. All right. Uh, So we spoke about how he reached the bridge, this fear of water. He overcome right. his fear and he went across with his wife. The next obstacle that was in the way was a bushfire. Fire yeah. comes across the road, only on the road, almost right. like it's a directed energy weapon, like the US and Australian bushfires. Um, yup. And he is then stopped by a nuclear power plant meltdown in which he is chased by men in silver hazmat suits, a.k.a. A alien abduction scenario. The guy throws a goddamn net on him. Why is a guy in a hazmat suit need a net? Right. Right. What, what, like that whole scene, that whole scene is just like, what the fuck? Like, what, like, where did this even come from? Like, and he only runs from the car when the cop says, thanks, Truman. Never met the cop before. And he just gave me, gave away the whole that everyone knows who he is. Right. He's, wait a minute. That guy knows my name. I'm out of here. And how do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, oh shit. I think that, that was probably one of the main parts where it really he was just like oh fuck this is all contr- this is all control like that dude knows who i am um and then that leads him to the like him pushing past his fear to escape you know i think that was the moment where he's like i have to get out of here i have yeah. to yeah 
And that's when the system tries to reel him back in by bringing him back his dead father. Yeah. He hits that point where he goes, this is all, this is not real. I've got to get out of here. And he gives him back hope. And right. hope is there for the smallest amount of time. And then he goes back onto his, his trajectory of leaving again. But my yeah. God. The, the, yeah. Like if you start thinking about what's going on mentally with Truman, I think a lot of us have been on similar paths. You know, a lot of us that see that <clears throat> the, this this veil has fallen, you know, we've we've been in a lot of the places that Truman has been on our our path to um, to truth. So, you know, we are we are very, you know, tied to this Truman character in our journey to where we realize we have to seek truth. We have to get outside of it. And um, my personal NSA agents that are listening to this. As soon as my kids are grown, I'm going to fucking Antarctica. You're not going to be able to stop me. Um, I think your stupid little radars only pick up ships big enough. So I'm just going to have to use a small ship that you can't figure out. <laughs> you can't freaking, you, you can't detect. So um, you'll probably be stopped by the Australian Navy. I think that's why we, we own so much of Antarctica. Australia has the biggest invested landmass in that continent, supposedly. But I think it's because we're so close to it and we're like the border guard to stop people from getting through. Yeah. Like we've got China to our north, but we still hold up so much of our Navy to go down to Antarctica. Yeah. Why? Yeah, that's, it's really Unless the Nazis weird. are coming back. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like why are there so many bases right around Antarctica? Like, you know, the tip of South America is real close and there are tons of U.S. bases down there. Tons in South America. And it's so that they can send somebody immediately with warships that'll get there in a hurry, you know, and there's multiple uh, military bases set up on islands around Antarctica. You know, they, they really protect that place more so than anywhere else. Like there's not another place that is as secret or protected. And if it's this frigid dead zone, that is, you know, hard to live in, why would you protect it? Like, wouldn't just the climate protect it? Like, you wouldn't really have to worry about it. It's because climate. we have to protect the ice core samples, Bob. We have to go and drill the ice core samples so we can yeah. save the world from global which, warming. Which, Come on. you know, at, at that, you know, they will sell the rainforest and all the world's aquifers if it means profit. Like, you don't think the airlines could collectively go to all the controlling governments or all the people that have signed the Antarctic Treaty and just go, look, what do we have to pay to be able to fly over to Antarctica? Because our trips from South America to Australia would be like, they would be a lot faster. We would save millions and millions of dollars a year just on fuel, you know, and probably and probably increase the amount of people that would go if it ended up only being like a five hour flight instead of, you know, a 14 hour flight, you know, more people would go. Oh, you mean I can just day trip that shit? <laughs> like, I can leave on freaking Saturday, spend an entire day there and come back late Sunday. Like, cool. You know, everybody in South America would be going to Australia all the fucking time. Australians would be going to South America and vice versa. Yeah, and, and, and Australians would be we're, going. We're to, so isolated that we there's nowhere yeah. for us to go. Right. So they'd be like, wait a minute, we can get to South America super fast? Sweet. I'm going to Rio de Janeiro, motherfucker. Like, I'm just hopping right over there. It's a day flight, you know, and then the flight would be cheaper too. 
again, increasing the amount of people that would go. And so the airlines could easily just go to the people and just be like, hey, what do we got to pay to get a permit to fly over this ship? Because we can go up high enough and get in the jet stream and just book it right over it. Be over there. We'll be over Antarctica for just that long, just a fraction of a second. I mean, it's not going to disrupt anything. We'll, you know, maybe we got to increase our altitude by 10,000 feet. So what? So that we make sure we don't disrupt anything like that. Cool. Let's do it. You know, if it was really like, if it was really the globe narrative, the oligarchs in the airline companies would have already lobbied the government to let them fly over. The fact that you yeah, can't profit, profit, profit beats any would have of that, that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Profit alone would have made that happen. So, and even if you go with the current green agenda, there'd be reduced greenhouse emissions because you wouldn't be flying as far. You're burning less fuel. Fuel. Yep. So it would meet all of the it would meet all of the criteria. So the only logical explanation is that they don't want us to go there for some unknown reason, because all of the reasons they tell us don't make sense. Anyway, so <laughs> what they do hit people with when they go to Antarctica is weather. And Truman experiences that when he decides, all right, fuck it, I'm getting on a boat and they, they you know, they lose him and then they find him on a boat, right? Trying to sail away. And so they just start pounding him with weather they just increase the wind even in that control center the director christoph turns to the his offsider and says isolate the storm to around his boat right weather manipulation to its finest order right (laughs) isolate it right there and they uh, they, and they did and can isolate it to just right there and uh, isn't that another point that he realizes wasn't there a storm Earlier in the movie, where he realizes that it's yeah, he's on the beach and the rain just starts hitting him on top, and it's yeah, running and he like runs and it follows him. Yeah, yeah, looks like the Looney Tunes, and then it just comes everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) and then it and then it starts going everywhere. He's like, "What the fuck? Like, like what is going on?" (laughs) God, this movie is so good. It's so good on so many levels. Like, have to backpedal slightly with. Earlier in the film, Sylvia is the name of the girl that he falls in love with. That's right. And he asks her out for pizza, of all things. And we know what pizza is in connotation for these days. Yep. Anyway, she says, we have to do it now or it will never happen. So they go down to the beach and they're spending time together. And then out of nowhere, this guy comes and collects her and takes her away like an abduction. Yeah. Sylvia is the only real person who tells him the truth and she disappears. Sylvia is also the mythological name for Sylvanus, which is the goddess of the forest, which kind of all men want to go back to. We want to get back to nature. Well, not only that, but if if that, you know, if it means forest, wouldn't that, like, there's a phrase, I don't know if the phrase is in Australia, but you don't see the forest for the trees. Yeah, yes, good one. Didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, good. Real. So I think that's, that's definitely it. Yeah, there's a there's mm, there a reason go. for that too. You don't yep. see the forest for the trees that, like, it. God, Man. And there's either they have, they have impeccable writers for this film, Bob, or that there's a lot of hidden stuff in here. They, they hid everything and they tell us every. I mean, I think this is the quintessential movie of, you know, explaining how deep shit is in our reality, you know, because you can, you, you know, just the fact that Sylvia means forest and you miss the forest for the trees and you can go that deep and Kristoff, you know, our realm is is 
put in that way. When you start looking at how things are, you know, you break things down to the names of things. It really kind of opens thing up, things up, you know, when you start looking even closer. I mean, I think word magic is is much more relevant than any of the gematria stuff that seems to be going around. I think gematria stuff is just a rabbit hole to distract us, honestly. I think it's just it's too deep because you'll, you'll never find the bottom. You'll right. never find the bottom. You can make numbers do whatever you want them to. So I think it's very, very much just a rabbit hole to get us to be distracted, you know, because you can tie it in with everything. Is there meaning there? Maybe. Is it relevant? Like, does it matter? Probably. Here's some word magic for you. Yeah, my wife was so annoyed. We made like an hour and a half movie go for like two and a half hours because I was stopping it every goddamn five minutes. <laughs> is, your, is your wife, is she Is she kind of awake? Is she like you or get is it, she getting, getting there? Getting there? I'd say she's, so she's, open. she's a bit more of a, she's open. She's traditionalist, so she's more of a traditional family values type of girl. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I've stopped it at the point when the movie where Truman gets pushed up against a poster and it says Kaiser chicken free range. His head is directly next to free range. <laughs> is he a free range person within there? Because he's allowed to wander, but he can't leave. And right. like, look at chickens, if they're free range, they can still be in a cage, but they're allowed to wander. Well, you know, in factory farms, if you go to the market, if you go to the store um, and you, you get one of the cartons at your big box store and it says free range, you know, it just means that they open the door during feeding time. And so they can call them free range when they never go outside. No, they just open the doors. Nuts. Well, we allow like we open the doors. And so they're free range. They just chose to stay inside. Truman so I think that is, he wants to. He we can leave anytime him. he wants to. We can't stop him. Like the door's right there. The door's right there. He just has to go to it. It's not locked. We see that the door is not locked at the end of the movie. The door is not fucking locked. No. He walks out of it. It has this for symbolism in that final scene. So as we said, he's been isolated with the storm and he almost dies and he ends up reaching the shit, literally runs straight into the dome. He <laughs> goes into it. He's banging on it, trying to get out. He gets off the boat and starts walking on water because it's so shallow at that end. Yes. And starts to go up the stairway to a door which is painted like clouds in the sky, like the stairway to heaven. He's yes. ascending so we can leave the place. Right. And I'd like to know, oh man, that's something I didn't pay attention to. How many days the movie lasts? Ooh, is it be three good. days? Because God, be close. because she did something very close to three days. Jesus yeah. was resurrected after three days. There you go, listeners. If you know how many days it goes over, let us know. Yeah, it has to be close. Have to it's got to be really it's so close. To, it's so fast. It's, it's a so very quick movie. It, it, it progresses mm. very quickly, and it's daytime most of the time. It's only nighttime a couple of small times, like when they're lurk, looking for him, when the entire town is looking for him, and they all they have searchlights. The then they turn the sun on. Yeah, they turn the sun on at like two in the morning. Yeah, they're just like fuck it, and turn the sunlight fuck on. It turns on. <laughs> And they just light the whole place up because everybody's running around with flashlights. Like, now, and then he, so, so him walking on water, is he an allegory for Jesus? Or, I mean, That's that, what I picked up on. Yeah, like he's an allegory for Jesus, which if he's created since birth, is are they telling us that Jesus was a fabricated story? Very well could be. I think the entire New Testament is, is propaganda, in my humble opinion. 
But we only have to look at books nowadays, Bob. I can get an edition three of a book and there can be entire chapters omitted. And oh, if I yes. go back to edition one, wow, oh, yeah. completely different context. Yeah. I am currently looking for encyclopedias pre-1958, and they're almost impossible to find. They're almost impossible to find. My wife was at a bookstore recently. It's called Half Price Books. Um, and she got me a couple really old uh, Time magazines that are about space and the moon landing. And I can't wait to dig into those. So anybody listening, I'm going to make posts about that shit because there is some crazy shit in there. And it's amazing. I've just, <laughs> I've just, she just got them for me yesterday. Um, and uh, they're really good, but it, it just goes to our fabricated reality. Everything is just fabricated. I think everything is, you know, just like Truman, all of our reality is, is fabricated. And all you have to do is start paying attention. Just like Truman, all Truman had to do was start paying attention. And then he started realizing things. Then he started noticing things. If he, if his father had walked by him before the point where he starts questioning things before Sirius falls out of the sky, I don't even know that he would have even noticed. They presented his father past, right? They presented his father in that time because they knew he was paying attention, you know, and we get that as as truth seekers, we get these distractions and put in front of us intentionally, you know, like gematria. These things are presented to us to distract us, you know, and I, I'm, you know, I, there's a lot of people that think flat earth is one of those things. Well, all I tell people is, well, I can prove the earth is flat. So it might be a distraction. Maybe it is, but it's something I can prove. So, and it's not, it's a deep rabbit hole, but it has a bottom. Um, so, you know, the, the reason for the lie, I think is the deeper thing than the actual lie itself. And at least you've got the moral and ethical level yourself that, you know, I've researched it. Here's my evidence for it. Here's how I can prove it. Rebut it. If you can't do it. Right. Move on. Yeah. Which, you know, they can't do again, again, we go through this same journey that Truman is on the whole time. He's, he's in this constant awakening where he just starts slowly realizing things and his awakening gets deeper and deeper and deeper to where he finally is like, fuck, I'm in a closed system. This is all fake and I want out. He even has the rabbit hole kind of a, I don't know if you're the same type of person in space where you went down your first rabbit hole and you're watching YouTube and you sit there watching it for hours or you just go one after the other. He almost has that exact same scenario where he hears everyone talking about where he's going in the car over the radio. Later on, you see him, as soon as his wife leaves the house, he runs over to his little radio and he's trying to tune into the frequencies like a madman, looking like someone who's trying to binge watch the right. podcast or something, just trying to find out answers. Right. That's what we do and we see him doing it. Yeah, and he's constantly looking for answers. He starts, you know, he, he starts just dissecting his reality. You know, like he's on this path where he's like, He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to reason. He's he's trying to get to reason. You know, there's got to be a reason for all of this. What is it? Like, you know, and he doesn't want to believe it at first. You know, he doesn't want to believe that his reality is fake. Like, so he's allowed, he allows himself to be pulled back in because we see it. You know, he gets pulled back in numerous times, whether it's his wife, whether it's seeing his dad, whether it's his best friend, you know, we see him wanting to kind of be pulled back in 
But at the same time, his brain is is looking for answers and he's not getting them from these people that are around him, which a lot of us go through. You know, I've got friends who look for answers and the people closest to them in their lives aren't helping them on the journey. They are trying to distract them away from their journey. And Truman had Truman has that he's surrounded by people the entire time trying to distract him from his journey because his journey leads him to truth which ends their show. Nobody can make money anymore. You know, at the end of the day, they want him all to be, they want him to be trapped because everybody there is making money off of him. Their existence is actually reliant on him, not the other way around. Right. He is the thing that makes all of them have purpose. All of them make money on him. And so if his his reality crashes, it fucks up all of their realities, which is... Which is such a symbiotic thing when you meet someone that is so resistant to the truth that we have found because they don't want their reality to break. They're like, nope, no, uh-uh, mm-mm. don't fuck up my reality. <laughs> like I'm relying on this reality. <laughs> you can't mess up my reality because then what? You know, so I think people are very resistant to the world around them. Um, because they don't, people don't want to wake up to this stuff because it means, it means you need to escape. It means you need to get outside of it. And that can be a really hard thing for people, you know, and then, and and we see that in this movie where it takes a lot for him to get out of reality. It would have been a lot easier for him to just stay in, you know, but he keeps pushing. He keeps going. He risks his life to get outside of it, you know, and you know, that ties into stuff like, you know, a lot of people risk a lot of things seeking the truth. You can risk your career. You can risk relationships. Your entire reality can break. And then what? And then, and then you know, you know, so luckily I'm self-employed, so I haven't had to risk anything as far as my journey goes because I, I, I don't have a boss that'll fire me if I say fuck off, you know, and I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. Uh, My wife is amazing. So my relationship isn't going to end. So, you know, I've had relationships end, but not catastrophic ones. Um, So it's all about what you're willing to risk. And Truman is willing to risk everything. He's willing to risk everything to get out because he just, once he realizes it's all fake, he has this internal drive to push all the way. All the way, no matter what, if it, if I die doing it, so what, you know, I'd rather die trying to get free than stay in this prison because he realizes it is, it is just that it's a prison. There's even a moment in the film where he's, he's got his hero's journey. He's there. He's ready to leave. He's risked it all. He's coming out unscathed relatively. He starts to walk. And as he's about to step through the door, Christoph chimes in the voice of God and starts talking to him directly. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. And he says, I'm the creator, slight pause, of the show. Not I'm the creator. It's kind yeah, of not all the creator one. of the world. Yeah, yeah, not always one. No. Yeah. I am the creator of, of the, the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has he has like a tagline at the end. Did you write that down? Yeah. Um, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah. If you don't see me, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah. Like, see you later, man. Like. I'm going to do my pleasantries and I'm out. See ya. You're not going to see me again. That's basically what he's saying is I'm done. I'll see you later. It'd be really interesting to see if there's actually some form of deleted scenes or 
director's cuts associated with it because I couldn't find come across anything like that. I have never heard of any of that. You know, a lot of movies like the director's cut is a big thing or deleted scenes are a big thing. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to like get the Blu-ray and like, cause Blu-rays generally have a lot of like the making of and, you know, interviews with the directors and interviews with the actors. And so, and that may be something I'm, I might end up doing just, uh, uh, just as my own little thing, because you know, finding out how everybody felt about this movie, what people say about it, um, especially Jim Carrey himself. I would like to hear some interviews about him and this movie. That would be really, really interesting. Because so, uh, he'll drop some truth in those interviews, won't you? Oh, God. Oh. I'm going to spend the rest of the evening looking at Jim Carrey interviews about Truman Show. <laughs> and my wife is going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, babe. We got to, we have to. <laughs> well, luckily my wife is, she's the most tolerant person of, of my stuff. I mean, she's, she is completely awake, but she doesn't go deep. Like I do. Um, she doesn't care to, she's got other things to do. She's, she's the kind of person that's like, it's all a distraction. This is what we should be doing. <laughs> like knock it off. <laughs> So. I, I think I've ruined cinema uh, films for my wife because I'll just stop and I'll point things out. She's gotten to the point where she goes, you know, I can't watch a movie anymore without noticing things. Uh, yeah, mine's the same way. <laughs> and sometimes now my wife, she'll she'll point things out that I don't see, which proud moment for me that she's at the point now. Where she's like, did you see that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> or or I'll just be like, no, <laughs> holy shit. What? And we'll back it up. And I'm like, oh, shit. You saw it before I did like, or I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll go back and forth. I'll be like, did you see his hand? It was in, she's like, yeah, I saw it. You know, we were watching, we were watching something and this one guy had his hand in some weird position and he was like making what was clearly an occult symbol with his hand. And it was just like the most non-natural way for your hand to be, unless he was intentionally trying to make a symbol. And I just was like, ooh, his hand. And she's like, yep. <laughs> oh, my God. That just reminded me. There's a scene in the film where he's going back through his wedding photos and his wife is crossing her fingers like, this isn't real because I'm crossing my fingers. It's not a real marriage. Oh. Is that a nod at the hidden hand symbolisms that we see in films? Yes, then? it might be. You know, because you'll see, like, Prince Harry with his hand in his jacket with his two middle fingers in the jacket and the rest of them out. And that, it like, you know, that could be just a nod to a little nod or wink to it, to hand gestures, to secret little hand gestures. And if you look back, if you start looking back, there's all these hand gestures, because when you start looking back, there's a bunch of celebrities doing stuff like this with the mm -hmm. OK symbol over their left eye. Oh, I you know, and it's just like, wait. When, and then they end up with a black like, eye on the left eye. Right. Yeah, I mean, who who had a, a black eye recently? It was like the Pope. Uh, yeah, the Pope did. Like, and Prince um, Philip before that, I believe. Prince Philip. And there was a, uh, who was it? It wasn't, it wasn't uh, John Kerry. It was, um, oh, it was another politician. It was a Republican, I think. He had a black eye. And like, like, it was like the Pope, him, and somebody else all had black eyes like around the same time. And it's just like, and they all probably visited Antarctica at the same time. Uh, John Kerry, 
I mean, I don't <laughs> think he had the black eye, but John Kerry went to Antarctica. Why? Why the fuck is John Kerry going to Antarctica? You know, and during Trump, Trump's uh, presidency, uh, Trump sent warships to Antarctica. The fuck is he sending warships to Antarctica? Warships? Like, that's sketchy. <laughs> like, like, was there somebody trying to get out? Was was there a Truman trying to get to the freaking, <laughs> you know, was there some Truman character on a sailboat heading towards Antarctica? And they were like, ah, uh-uh. uh, well, either that or Hezbollah started arming the penguins. But <laughs> yeah, maybe Hitler was trying to come back across Antarctica because there's the story of him going out past Antarctica. Um, so. But well, let's let's wrap it up because I think yeah, we've been going for about going. An, about an hour and a half or so. Um, yeah, I mean, we could talk about all of this shit for hours and hours. I'm sure <laughs> we could. <laughs> this is tons of tangents right, so, so, and crazy shit. So, what are your closing comments about this movie? I think it's definitely a it's a it's a play on our reality of what earth is and even gods in general we see the names of the characters are related to latin or greek or hebrew gods it heavily hints at the shape or the formation of the realm we live in and the reality of man trying to understand where we are and our place within our realm yeah um to add to that i think it it also shows the kind of mental and physical journey you must endure to get to the truth um and that it's hard it's hard on you mentally and physically to get to the truth. To realize that your entire world has been fabricated is not an easy journey. Um, but once you do realize that everything has been fabricated, it's a journey you can't stop. You are going to continue to push. You will push and push and push until you figure it out, um, which is what Truman does. No matter the obstacle put in, put in front of him, he pushes past it. And he got through the other side fine. I and think he that's ended a good up, takeaway for both of us. Wait, well, he leaves. No matter all the challenges he faced, he got through. And he left. He leaves he with left a smile reality. on his smile. face. <laughs> he leaves happy. I mean, that's he's he's like elated. He's he doesn't like, leave black pilled or a downer. He leaves on a high note. He leaves on a high note, which I think is is a very important thing to look at here. Once you find the truth and you get to the end, it's not this dark misery. You're happy. Like it's. It's this happy moment when you find the truth and you get past this fabricated reality. You know, there can be dark moments, but at the end, it's this happy thing. Like, holy fuck, I figured it out. I figured it out. (laughs) Awesome. You know, and, and who knows? Again, I think, you know, who knows what kind of reality happened afterwards? You know, like, we don't know what happens to him after. You're just left to ponder what happened to him afterwards. Because what he's leaving been? this, he's leaving this reality basically with no money, nothing. He's he's leaving it with nothing, you know, which I think is something uh something very telling as well, is that he broke free and he decided to leave with nothing. No friends, no family, nothing. And he's still happy. So um, if that's a note to end on, you know, no matter your journey no matter how rough it may feel in the time that you're in now, you're on the right path and it will lead to happiness. Regardless, just keep, just keep going, push past the hard times, push past the blockages 
and just keep going because at the other side is, you know, and, and the sun is shining when he's done. There are no storms. The waters are calm and he's happy. And that is the message I think everybody should take away from it is that the truth makes you happy and you realize what you should focus on. You realize what matters. Um, and that's what I try to tell everybody is that once you see the bullshit, you, your value system changes. You know, he was no Truman was no longer cared about his cared about his jobs, his bills, his possessions, his, friends, his possessions, nothing. He seeked he went through all of that, pushed all of that behind him and did what was going to make him happy. And that's the world we're in is once you get past the theater, once you get past the control, it's happy because you realize what actually matters and what actually matters are things like love and unity and, you know, self-sufficiency, you know, making making your own world. You know, so so what we can say is that the only thing that we know is that he walked out that door and started making his own reality. No matter what was out past that door, he was the one in control now. And so we it's actually to- ironic that we, we never got to say it either because we haven't passed that reality. So how can we possibly say it? <laughs> it? Maybe that's part of that movie is that we still can't see past it. So we're still stuck. They leave the audience inside the dome. So that's it with that nailed it with that we are going to close that you know and that has been our review tangents included for free of truman show which i think everybody should go rewatch. if you have not watched that movie recently watch it again because it and then watch it again like watch it and then re-watch it you take take notes like drew did and then and then take those Stop notes. Multiple times, so your wife gets annoyed that you're stopping the movie. But do it. <laughs> but do it anyway because it's worth doing. Back it up. Just watch it again because it is. There is so much in that movie that I bet you and I still missed. And oh, and if if any of you see something that we haven't mentioned that you think is yeah. relevant, hit us up. Um, yeah, come on, and, let us know. Yeah, and and with that, where can they find us? Drew, go ahead. I'll, you go first. Yeah, I'm Drew from You're Missing the Point podcast. You can find me on Podbean and on iTunes at the moment, looking at popping stuff up on YouTube, even though I don't particularly want to go on that platform. It's probably going to be a a quick way to draw some normies in and get things rolling um, and hopefully popping on over to Spotify soon. Awesome. Uh, I am Moral Bob. You can find my show everywhere you find podcasts. Hidden in Plain Sight is my show. You can find me on Instagram at The Hidden Pod and my new page at Spaces Fake and Gay. And you can hit me up uh, if you want to email me. I've had some listeners hit me up that are local. And now we have lunch every Tuesday. So you can you can email me and we, could, you know, if you're in the Texas area, maybe we can meet up and hang out. If not, maybe we can just be pen pals and maybe meet up eventually. And my email is thehiddenpod at gmail.com. We are going to be doing these uh, regularly, at least I'd say once a month or so, I think is, yeah, is a good number. Um, You're a busy man, Bob. You got I lots am, of podcasts happening at the moment. God, man, I am doing it all. I'm doing it all. And I do want to start my wife um, a, a slight tangent before we end <laughs> as we do. <laughs> um, my wife and I were talking today and I may be starting um, a YouTube channel unrelated to um, 
to my podcast and everything, it is going to just be basically science experiments. And I mean, science in the most rudimentary way, just questioning things presented to us. Um, and, uh, the idea that we figured it out is, uh, is I said something and I said, let's find out together. And she goes, that'd be a really good good name of a show. And I was like, you know, know, the best part about that is Bob. You're actually beating them at their own game then, because if they want you to use the scientific method, you use it and you show them how they're wrong. Yes. They and it could be anything. It, I mean, and it could be just really basic stuff. It can be. And, and so I don't know that I'm going to go real hard on conspiracy stuff at first on that one. Um, but maybe I will just as a fuck you. You know, you know, maybe I start as testing gravity, testing the shit that we're told um, and just let's find out together. <laughs> because i think i think that's what we need to do we we find this stuff out together um conversations like you and i have conversations that are happening all over the world this is how we figure this shit out so that's our show drew thanks for coming on man sorry i was late and uh man i'm really looking forward to the next one let's figure out what we're gonna do next i think uh i think digging into drew carey is not a bad idea so yeah that's a good one listeners if you have a suggestion let us know what we should deep dive on next yeah and before uh, we go bob i've got to say this i've only ever listened to your shows and never knew what you look like until today and i'm a little bit freaked out that we both look very similar both genius with beards and glasses (laughs) what a synchronicity (laughs) right that is very true we are both ginger white men with beards and glasses <laughs> like we even got this very similar headphones on this is it's real weird this is really weird too much too yeah. much I, hey you know what i'm okay with it <laughs> i'm all right with it. more of us need to be out there so um, man it's been a pleasure drew i can't wait till the next one and everybody listening y'all have a, a good morning good day good evening afternoon good evening and good night there it is i i fucked it all up but <laughs> see y'all later <laughs> see you guys what if the world became sweet again had a name everybody on the best of friends go to things could we handle it you don't know you can't see it anybody did you think you could hide and be inside life goes on and goes on and finds you I know you think we're all out here on our own But you don't have to go this alone You don't stop, you don't go, you ain't right Don't you think you could hide and play inside Out on my own Ain't nobody watching Now what happens is on my own Everybody, it's closing time. You don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here.